Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Talk this morning about the mercy of God. And uh, for those that are online, uh, thank you for staying with us and coming back. Those that are listening on the podcast, we just baptized. I don't know how many people we baptized, at least 10, I think. 16 people, praise God, amen. 16 souls that are making a a public proclamation they're going to live for Jesus. Now, if you're here for the very first time, we're not going to stand up and make you be embarrassed, but we want you to know we're glad you're here. So church, let let them know they're welcome. If they're a guest, we tell people when you've come three times, you're a member. You just, you, just, you just become family, amen? So this may be your first or second or third time, but we hope that you leave knowing that Jesus is the Lord of this church. He's the reason we're here. Can I get an amen? amen. Does anybody in here need mercy? How many know mercy is very important? Mercy is something that we don't talk about enough. We, we talk a lot about a lot of things, and it's all important, but I, I myself have had a revelation in the last few years about the power and the mercy of God. Because the truth is, if it wasn't for mercy, none of us would be here. How many understand that this morning? So I want to talk not just about mercy, but if you'll notice there on the screen, it says God's perfect mercy. How many believe God is a perfect God? There's no error in God. We, we have error in us. We make mistakes. We fall short. But I want you to know this morning that God is perfect in his salvation too. He's perfect in forgiving us. He's perfect in giving us hope. He's perfect in getting us to heaven. How many know we're not going to get there on our own? How many know we can't get into heaven on our own? Today we're here and we're all flawed. We've all made mistakes. We all fall short. As Pastor Dwayne was saying at the offering and at the prayer time, where was he 12 years ago? Where were you last month? Where were you five years ago? Where were you whenever you got saved? Where would you be today if it wasn't for the mercy of God? Not for anything you've done, not for anything somebody else has done, but because of God's mercy. And I want to show you some scriptures this morning about that. And one of the first ones I want you to see is Lamentations 3, because we have to understand that if it wasn't for his mercy, I'm not just saying this to say it, the Bible says it in Lamentations 3.23, that if it wasn't for his mercy, we would be consumed. How many believe the presence of God is here? The Bible says where two or more are gathered in his name, he's in the midst. His presence is here. He's here right now. We, we ask God to come in and visit us when we come to church. We, we're not here for us. We're here for him. So his presence is here. If it wasn't for his mercy, we would just die. We couldn't stand in the presence of, of a holy God. And so it says, though through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. How many know people fail? We fail, people fail us. God never fails. That's the God I want you to know who we serve today. Because what I, what I want you to understand is, is, is many of us here have known the Lord for a long time. Some of us here have known the Lord for a short time. And I'm going to be honest with you. I've been serving God for 30 years next month. Actually, 31. And 1992. And I've been through the ups and downs of the thought life of a Christian. Meaning, 
I've been to those times where I, I, I understand his mercy, and there's, I've been to those times where I'm trying to do it on my own, where I'm trying to be good enough for God. Is there any real honest, because one of the things I love about our church is we're honest. Is anybody in here that could be honest and say you've gotten on that train before where you've tried to get there and please God on your own power? And you've tried to make things right with how good you can be. And, and being good is awesome and it's important, but we can never be good enough. No one is going to make heaven their home because of their goodness. Jesus said there's no one good, not one. So what I want us to understand this morning is the only way we're going to make it is to lean on the mercy of God. Simply understand that it's His mercy and His grace that saves us. His compassions don't fail. They're, here it is. They're new every morning. Do you believe that this morning? Do you believe that if you came in here today and your mind is all messed up and you came in here today and you made lots of mistakes this week and you failed and you sinned and you did all these things that, that, you, that you know has put you back in a place where you feel like you're not right with God, this morning His mercies are here to forgive you, to give you a new start to give you a new beginning, to give you a new uh, start over, a reset this morning. How many believe that this morning? That's the gospel. And they're new every morning. And, and great, thank God, thank the Lord, is His faithfulness. Because it's not a man that he should lie. He's not a, a man up there who's, who's changing things as he goes along. His faithfulness is great. Without His grace, faithfulness, and His mercy, again, we wouldn't be here. So I'm really thankful that we're here by God's grace. Lord, we ask Your Holy Spirit to talk to us today, to minister to us through Your powerful Word. Lord, every time we come to church, we understand today could be the last day we ever come together. We know that Your return is soon. We know that we could breathe our last breath. We know what's coming upon this world. We know the times that we're living in, and, and we just thank you this morning. We just come humbly before your presence, and we thank you for loving us, not because of who we are, but because of what you have done. Great is your faithfulness. Devil, you're defeated. Spirit of condemnation, you must flee this place. You have no place in this house. Because there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And Lord, we ask you to anoint your word and let us leave transformed this morning in Jesus' mighty, powerful name. And everybody shouted. Amen. Let's go over what mercy is again. I talked about this a little bit on Wednesday. This might be almost a part two. I talked about God's amazing love and mercy. Mercy is, somebody remember it? Not getting what we deserve. What do we deserve? What do we, if we're being honest and we're being real, we deserve hell. We deserve damnation. We deserve, we deserve separation from God. That's what his word says. Anybody know that's what his word says? For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There's no one good, as Jesus said. And so we, 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 we can't do it on our own. And so this morning we have to understand that we don't deserve heaven, but because of his mercy, he gives us something we don't deserve. And then grace is right there along with it, which is getting what we don't deserve. Right? We don't deserve grace. So we get grace, and we don't deserve it. And mercy doesn't give us what we deserve. Amen? We're going to take communion at the end of the service. If you didn't get one, we'll get you one later. But part of the communion 
is remembering what Jesus did on the cross. Not religiously, but through a relationship of saying, God, again, if it wasn't for you in, in my life, I wouldn't be here. If it wasn't for your mercy, I'd be consumed. But there's a balance. How many know there's a balance in the Christian walk? Let me show you what it is. Hebrews 4. How many have a good, if you don't, I'm not trying to hurt your feelings, but how many here have a good or have had a good relationship with your parents, your father specifically? Okay, look around, look around, and see how very few have, and how sad that is, first of all. But for those of us, sometimes we have a hard time understanding God's character because we don't have a good relationship with our dad. When I say we, I'm not throwing myself in there. I have a great relationship with my dad. I'm blessed. I don't don't want you to be angry at me or mad or jealous. That should be a good thing, right? But we understand we live in a society where dad hasn't been around. This isn't a Father's Day message, but he hasn't been around to be in our lives. And so sometimes our understanding of God can be skewed. Because I can go to my, and maybe maybe today it's not with your dad, but maybe you have an uncle, maybe you have a grandpa, maybe you have a a man in your life that is, is someone you can confide in who has been good to you, who's been a father figure to you. I can go to my dad's house, and I can walk into his house. I can sit on his couch. I can lay on his couch. I can go in his room and lay on his bed. I can go to his fridge and grab water. I can go to his coat, to his, to his closet and grab a coat. I can do anything I want in my dad's house because I have confidence because of the relationship I have with my dad. My dad would never tell me no to anything that I want. Anything that he has, I can have. That's, that's the relationship God wants to, us to have with him. And Hebrews 4 says it. Look what it says in Hebrews 4. Let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So there's a, there's a balance here that, that God wants us to be able to come into his presence boldly, but I also go into my dad's house with an honor and a respect that he's father, that he's dad. I don't disrespect his house. I don't disrespect his things. So there's a balance there. But as long as I understand that my, my dad loves me and, and, and wants me to go to his house, I can go in and I can have that boldness to talk to him. God wants us to have boldness to go into his throne room of grace and remind him of his scriptures that says that he is faithful, that he's merciful, that he's a great God, not even a good, he's a great God, amen? Does anybody know how great God is this morning? How faithful he is, how loving he is. Has he been good to anybody in here? Better than we deserve. Meet those people. They say, how you doing? They say, better than I deserve. That's everybody. That should be everybody's answer because we don't deserve anything. So in that place, we come into this relationship with God and we start to see that he is a holy, righteous, consuming fire. But he's also a God that's accessible. But what takes us into access is his mercy. Understanding his mercy. How many don't want to offend God? Let me tell you how not to offend God. Don't don't misunderstand his mercy. Don't try to get to him through your good works. Don't try to please him. Don't try to be saved. Don't try to be right in your own way. Understand that no matter what I do, the Bible actually says in Isaiah, my righteousness is what? Filthy rags. So, in other words, 
It's not that my dad loves me because I've done things for him. He loves me because I'm his son. Period. So Jesus doesn't love us because of things we've done for him. He loves us because he's love. Period. The Bible says he loved us while we were still sinners. And the reason, as I said Wednesday, we love him is because he first loved us. And God is wanting us to fall in love with him and not only fall in love with the idea of who he is, but understand his mercy and his grace and understand that I don't deserve it, but he's good. So mercy is not getting what we deserve and grace is getting what, getting what we don't deserve. If you'll go to Genesis 18, I want to read, in my opinion, one of the best examples in the Bible of the grace of God, the mercy of God. How many know God is not going to change no matter how much China tries to change him? The Bible's not going to change if AI tries to rewrite it. The word is the word. Heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will never pass away. So he's not going to change. So if things aren't right, who needs to do the change? We do. But a lot of times, the, th- the way we think we need to change is, if I'll do this, and I'll do that, and I'll do this, and I'll do that, and that's called getting the cart before the horse. God simply wants us to come to him like children. Let me talk to the parents. Let me talk to the grandparents. Actually, I'm going to pass over the parents because I'm not just a parent anymore. I've I've gone to that next level, the best level. Where are the grandparents at? Let me see your hands, grandparents. Lots of grandparents. They'll try to tell you, they'll try to explain to you what the love of a grandparent is. They'll try to tell you the feeling of love you're going to have but the words will never explain it. If you think you love your kids, there's no way to understand the love of a grandparent for his grandchildren. Now I want you to think of that grandchildren or grandparents and grandchildren. How many have good relationship with your grandparents? Let me see your hands. You had good grandparents that loved you. I didn't ask if they were perfect, but they loved you. They were good examples. Now in this relationship of grandparents and kids, kids and grandparents, There's nothing that my grandkids can do wrong. Amen? Even when they're defiant, they're cute. We were over at Destiny Landis last night, and you know how it is for a grandparent when they go to scold the kid, and you want them to because you want them to be good kids, but you have to keep from smiling and keep from laughing because they're being so cute in their defiance. Amen? The love you have for your grandchildren is the love God has for us. It's a a love that can't be explained. All we can try to do is understand it the best we can and walk in it. And God says in his word over and over what it is. So Genesis 18, is as he's not going to change his word, how many know biblically there is a time coming on this earth called the tribulation? Anybody know your Bible? We know it's soon. We know the world's set up for it and that time is coming where God's going to judge the world and, 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 and when that time comes, he's going to deal with things, and he's going to take care of things, he's going to handle things, and, and we're not going to change that, okay? But what I want to show you in Genesis 18 is that God is merciful beyond sometimes what we can even think. So Sodom and Gomorrah are in a bad place that we, I feel like we're just as bad as Sodom and Gomorrah today. How many would agree that we're living in Sodom and Gomorrah days? So in 18, chapter 18, put that up, please. Verse 16, the men, the angels, are leaving to go to Sodom. They've been talking to Abraham. 
and 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 they went. He went with them to send them off. He thinks they're they're heading. You know, they're heading on to their next their next destination, their next job. And verse seventeen says this. And the Lord said, "Shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do, or what I'm doing?" And Abraham, since Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I have known him in order that he may command his children and his household after him. And by the way, there's nothing better than being a grandparent and seeing your grandchildren serve God. Seeing your, my, 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 my little grandson just said the cutest prayer the other day. Jidat, foot, amen. That's how we should pray for the food, by the way. I'm just going to throw that out there, okay? There's a time for a prayer meeting, and there's a time for praying for the food. Right? Have you ever had somebody pray, maybe a grandparent? My grandpa used to pray for the gardeners and the farmers. Hey, I'm your, oh, you're smelling the food, you know. You kind of lose your, your, your joy, you know, while he's praying. Jesus, food, amen. Right? And so that same kind of, of thing is of seeing your grandkids serve God and live for the Lord is God's will for us. He just wants us to do right. Right? But how many knows he knows we're going to fall short? So part of doing right is loving his mercy. So it says that he may keep his way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice. This doesn't leave us off the hook. doesn't mean we don't try to, try to be good godly people. It just means we're never going to be good enough. And, and that, the, that the Lord may bring Abraham what he has spoken him. Does anybody believe in here today that God has a plan for you? And it's good. It's a good plan. I, I can't overstress this, what I'm trying to tell you. When your kids are born, did any of you ever pray over them? Lord, I just hope and pray this person, this, this, this son turns out to be a, a good drug addict. No parent does that. The parent's desire for their kids is only good. God's plan for his kids is only good. We're the ones that mess it up, right? So his plan is good for Abraham. His plan is good for the people on the earth at this time. And it says, and the Lord said, because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grave, and that's the picture of the world today, I'll go down and see whether they have done together according to the outcry against it that has come to me. Let me know today as we're praying we had a powerful prayer meeting Friday night. Almost this many people Friday night at a prayer meeting. Amen? Powerful. Praise God. Powerful prayer meeting. And as we were praying, how many know those prayers are going up to heaven? And God says, let me go see about this. And he comes down. He says, if not, I'll know. So he goes down, verse 22. And the men turned away from there and went towards Sodom. But Abraham stood still before the Lord. And Abraham came near. See, Abraham knew what God was going to do, just like we know what's going to happen to this earth. We know what's coming. And he says, God, would you destroy, and this is so important, the righteous, leave this up there for a second, please, with the wicked. God, would you destroy me, the, the one who loves you, with the wicked? That's the question. And that's the question a lot of people have today. When judgment comes, are we going to be judged like the world is judged? That's the question a Christian has a lot of times. Are we going to be guilty of what the world's doing? He asks this question to God, and watch what God says. As he goes on, to keeps praying. He says, suppose, God, there's 50 righteous people in that city. Would you also destroy the place and not spare it for 50 righteous people that are in it? 
Far be it from you to do such a thing as this, to slay the righteous with the wicked. Now, real quick, church, remember, when I say righteous, we're not talking about people that are good. We're talking about people that believe in what Jesus did. Do you all understand that? Our righteousness is filthy rags. We are righteous today because of what Jesus did on the cross. There may be some people here, maybe that have been saved a long time or a short time, that need Gospel 101. Jesus died on the cross for us. He became righteousness for us. The only way we're righteous is when God sees Jesus in us and he sees the blood. Okay? Write this down if you're taking notes. Read this later. If you don't get anything else out of this message, this is so powerful. 2 Corinthians 5.21. Just leave this up there for a second. But I want to say this. This is the gospel. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become what? The righteousness of God. That's the gospel. It's simple. Let me believe the gospel's simple. It's not about us. It's about what Jesus did. That's when you really, really, really begin to build a relationship with God. When you start to understand that no matter what I do, I can't be good enough. I just got to trust that God loves me because he's a good God. And his mercy endures forever. And great is his faithfulness. So listen to that again. He, God, who knew no sin, became sin for me that I might become the righteousness of God. What's the difference between us and the world? Jesus. That's it. Not our good works. Let me tell you something. Let me give you a news flash. There's a lot of people that are a lot better than we are. Can I give you a news flash? There's a lot of religious people that are a lot better than us. Hello? Yes or no? Go meet a real, real Quran-believing Muslim, God-fearing Muslim, and watch their lives. Watch how they live. Go talk to the Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons that go knock on doors that some people have never knocked a door to tell people about the false gospel that they have, but they are good people. What separates us? Jesus. Jesus plus. Can I get an amen? amen? Jesus plus nothing. Because see, if you try to add something to Jesus, he says, then, then you got to fulfill it all. You're going to try to add something to what I did on the cross for you, then, then you're going to have to do it perfectly. We've got to get to a place where we understand that my righteousness has nothing to do with what I do. It's everything that has to do with what he already did. Are you getting that? I feel like someone needs to hear that. Someone needs to be saved here this morning from their own religion, from their own selves. I've needed to be saved from my own self. I cannot be good enough to please God. What pleases God is me understanding his mercy and his righteousness and his grace. Y'all with me? So he says that the righteous should be as the wicked. Far be it from you shall not the judge of all the earth do right, or in other words, like my message, perfect. Now watch what he says. So the Lord said, if I find in Sodom 50 righteous within the city, I will spare the place for their sakes. 
God says, that, see, there's the righteousness of God. He is about to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham says, Lord, if you find 50 righteous people. But let me tell you something. You've got to understand something. Abraham knew there weren't 50 righteous people. You ever went to buy something and you, you know, or sell something and you, you start high? You know you're going to come down. He's starting at 50. He knows there's not 50 righteous people. But he says, God, what, what, let me see where your heart's at. Are you generous? God's generous, yes. Then he goes, if I find, or Abraham says, indeed now, I am but dust and ashes and have taken it upon myself to speak to the Lord. There's the humility. There's the fear of the Lord. Suppose there were five less than 50. Would you destroy all of the city for lack of five? And he says, if I find 45, I won't destroy it. Do you see that God has a heart of compassion? He's willing to be dealt with. He's willing to be asked that he could change his heart a little bit and, and be lenient. So Abraham says, okay, I, I got him now. Let me see how far he's willing to go. Let me see how generous his heart is. And he goes and he spoke to him again and says, suppose there be, suppose there be 40. And he said, I'll do it. I will not do it for the sake of 40. And he says, let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak. How about 30? Now he jumps 10. And he says, I won't do it if I find 30. And he said, indeed, now I have taken upon myself to speak to the Lord. Suppose 20 should be found there. I will not destroy it for the sake of 20. Then he said, let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak but once more. Suppose 10 should be found not there. And he said, I will not destroy it for the sake of 10 people. He went from 50 to 10. That's God's mercy. That's God's grace. The sad thing is, is there wasn't even 10. Because we know the story. Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed. And they literally had to go and drag Lot, Abraham's nephew, out they had to drag him out, say, you, you've got to get out now or you're going to die. That's God's mercy. I believe today, in these last days, maybe even just today, maybe your day, it's your day that God is saying, come on, get out of this world. Come on, get into the mercy of God. Get in the boat. How many know we're not promised another Sunday? We're not promised another Wednesday. We're not promised tomorrow. That's why the Bible says today is the day of salvation. The door is still open. The ark is still open today. But listen, it's open for people who need mercy, who need grace. Not religious people, people who say, Lord, it's, it's not about me. I can't do anything. I need Jesus. I need grace. Look at 33. So the Lord went his way as soon as he had finished speaking with Abraham, and Abraham returned to his place. Here's a challenge for you today, if you'll write this down. Here's my challenge to me and to, to us. That we would try to live a life worthy of his mercy. That's our job. Not, not to live that life to be accepted, because once you put your faith in Jesus, you're saved. You're forgiven. You're a new creation. Now my job is to do everything I can to thank God for his mercy. To live a life that, that, that shows that I really believe that he's a merciful God. Is anybody here? Here's what Jesus said. Red letter. Matthew 5, verse 7. I'll have it on the screen. It's a short verse. He said, blessed are the merciful, 
for they shall receive or obtain mercy. I'm going to hit you in the eyes here for a second. We're really good at wanting mercy, but we're not very good at giving it. Can I get an amen? amen? I want to be better at that. I want to be more merciful. I want to be more graceful. I want to be more like Jesus. I want to be able to forgive. I want to be able to forget. I want to be able to see past people's failures and people's problems because that's what Jesus did. When you are looking at your spouse or you're looking at your kids or you're looking at somebody that you think is not doing right, can you please remember what you looked like when you came to Jesus? Can you please remember the mercy that you needed and you still need today? Can we please try to give to others the grace and mercy that God has given to us? Isn't that what God's asking? So he's saying, blessed are those who are mercy, merc, merc, or merciful so they shall obtain mercy. And so what, what happens if we're not merciful? We're not going to obtain mercy. That goes along with where Jesus said, if you forgive others, I'll forgive them. No, I'll forgive you. If you forgive others. He, but he says, if you don't forgive others, I won't forgive you. So we want God's forgiveness, but we don't want to give it to anybody. See, the work, the work is trusting his word. You know what our greatest work is? You talk about works. Our greatest work is trusting God's word. Trusting his mercy. Trusting his grace. Knowing that I'll never be good enough. Look at Ephesians chapter 2. Can I show you a few more verses? Verse 4. God, but God who is rich in mercy. Because of his great love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead in trespasses. How many have ever seen somebody at their very worst? God saw you at your very worst. God died for you at your very worst. He didn't wait for you, as many people do, to try to get it together. Isn't that what everybody tries to do? Everybody says, I'll come to God when I get things in order, when I get things right, when I'm in the right place, when I'm not such a bad person. Well, you're going to die doing that because you're never going to be in the right place. You're going to miss the mark over and over again. Every person, say every person, that is going to be in heaven, church, is going to be there for one simple reason. They believed on Jesus. Church membership, works, crossing the old lady across the street, all the things that we're supposed to do because of fruits of repentance are not going to get us in. It's simply going to be Jesus. That's the question that's going to be asked. Did you believe in Jesus? What Jesus did on the cross for your sins. While we were in our trespasses, Christ made us alive together with Christ, and by your works you're saved. Is that what it says? How are we saved? But there's religions that teach that we need to do good works to be saved. It's not what the Bible says. What does it say then? And raised us up together and made us sit together. Does anybody believe that one of these days soon we're going to be sitting in heavenly places? Not in this chairs, in this church, but in heavenly places, worshiping God. Because of what he did for us. Keep going, please. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches 
of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. What is his kindness? Letting us in when we don't deserve it. What happened to the thief on the cross? He just looked on Jesus. He just looked at him. Today you'll be with me in paradise. That's mercy. What would we have done? Because if you know the Gospels, what was that same dude doing about 30 minutes before? Mocking him. What would we have done? Be honest. I hope we would change our hearts and change our minds and say, you know what, you don't deserve to go, but I love you anyways. But man, is anybody else thankful here that you're not Jesus? Is anybody else thankful that somebody else ain't Jesus? There's only one. Thank God that Jesus did what he said he was going to do. And he didn't do what so many of us would do. You don't deserve it. Get out. There'd be nobody in heaven. So it's this balance of understanding that I'm supposed to be a good person, but that comes after I understand his mercy. I get to heaven because he lets me in. And because he's going to let me in, I dedicate my life to him. To serve him, to glorify him, to honor him, to praise him. But I don't get the cart before the horse. Those are just things I do to be thankful for what he did on the cross for me. Is everybody understanding this? I want to help you get to heaven. It's what Jesus did. Does that help anybody? Does that help anybody? Helps me. For by grace you have been saved through what? Church attendance. Water baptism. Faith. Faith in what? In what Jesus did on the cross for our sins. And not of yourselves. No one's going to be up in heaven and go, did you see what I did? Did you see how I got here? Do you see how many people I saved? Do you see how good of a person I was? Do you see how many people went to my church? Do you see how? No one's going to be doing that. We're just going to be kissing the ground, thanking God we're there. Right? And not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Have you ever tried to buy a gift? Not for somebody else. A gift someone gave you. If you buy the gift, it's no longer a gift. If you try to be good enough for God's grace, it's not a gift. You have to just simply accept it. And stay there for a moment and just bask in the presence of his mercy and say, God, every day, I do this every day. God, I don't deserve this. I don't deserve heaven, but I thank you for saving me. Spending time in the morning honoring him, thanking him, praising him. Oh, I don't know what to pray for. How about thanking God for letting you into heaven? That's a good place to start. How about thanking God for forgiving you when you don't deserve it? How about thanking God for Him giving you what you don't deserve or not giving you what you do deserve? There's lots to be thankful for. But it's a heart God's looking for. Lest anyone should boast. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. Listen, if you're here and you're trying to get to heaven through good works, you're not going to make it that way. It's Jesus and Jesus alone. Can I get a better amen? amen? This is what the Bible says. For we're his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for... So we are created to do good works after we get saved. 
which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And there's a reward with it. He's got a reward coming. He's going to reward us for the things we didn't do that we could have done. For some of you that are new this morning, as the musicians begin to come, I want to tell you something important. Grace and mercy is not so you can sin. It's not a, it's not a license to pull out, I'm saved by grace, I'm, God's, God died for this, and lots of people today abuse the grace of God. It's not for that. It's for when and if, but more when you fall. Lord, I made a mistake. I forgive you, son. What does 1 John say? If we confess our sins, he's faithful and perfect, just, to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all our unrighteousness. Anybody thankful for that? I know I am. Last verse. I'm not going to get to all the ones I did in the first service. Look at this. This is Micah chapter 7, verse 18. Who is God? Who is God? Who is a God like you? Do y'all know that there's no God like the real God? Do y'all realize how amazing the gospel story is? Do y'all realize it? I always tell people, and I say it again today, I know a thousand percent it's true. But if it wasn't true, it's the most amazing story ever told. That God himself, because no one would do this. That's how you know, stay with me here, that's how you know the other religions are man-made. Because they have the DNA of man. Get to heaven on a ladder. Do things for me. Worship me. Give them my book. Add this, add that. God says, I'll leave heaven. And I'll come down to earth. And I'll die for you. Even if you reject me. Who does that? Only the God. Only the God like him. Who pardons iniquity. And passes over our transgressions. Amen. Who doesn't retain his anger forever. Y'all call on mercy today. Mercy. God have mercy. God have mercy. Because he delights in mercy. And watch this. He will again have compassion on us. Stay with me. And subdue our iniquities. And watch this. Cast our sins into the depths of the sea. People have tried to get to the bottom of the ocean and they haven't got there yet. It's so far down. It's so hidden. It's so deep. That's where your sins go. Your family members might bring it up. The lawyer might bring it up. Your enemies might bring it up. Your conscience might bring it up. But God says it's in the depths of the sea. I don't know what you're talking about. It's forgiven. It's under the blood. I don't remember it. That's the mercy of God. Do we still have that picture, Joely? I want you to think about this as we close. See this picture? I want you to, I want, this, I'm telling you, I know I'm speaking to some people today. People who have tried so hard to live for God, but you continually fall short because you don't, you got the cart before the horse. Watch this. How many know this is the story of Passover? This is the gospel. This is everything that Jesus came to do. When the death angel went through Exodus, he, he, he said, when the, door, the blood's on the doorpost, I'll what? I'll pass over. 
This is so powerful. The Lord did not check who was inside the house. In other words, he wasn't looking at the person. He was just looking at the blood. Does that help anybody? He didn't see our flaws. He didn't see the person inside. He just, he just sees the blood. Anybody thankful for that? Read the story. He did not check on the people. He simply passed over the houses that had the blood. When you apply the blood, that's all God sees. When you don't apply the blood and you don't have Jesus in the equation, you're all God sees. You don't want God to see you. You want God to see his son. You want God to see his blood. The blood that Jesus shed, the blood that God said is enough. So you plead the blood and you say, Lord, I'm only saved, only saved, only, only, only because of your mercy. That's what your life needs to look like. He checked the blood because none of us are worthy. How many know some good people? You know, there's good people on this earth. On their best day, they're not good enough. I know people that if they could get to heaven, they would split heaven wide open because I'm not saying they're perfect because no one is, but I'm talking good people. But they're not going to be in heaven without Jesus. It's not about us. It's about the blood of Jesus. As you, as you bow your heads and close your eyes, the Bible says that his kindness in Romans leads us to repentance. I'm so thankful for God's kindness that he, it makes me want to live right. It makes me want to do everything I can to please him. But at the end of the day, I don't depend on me. I depend on the blood. The blood that was shed. Today there's some people here, many possibly, that have had your faith in your church, the church building, in good works, in your knowledge of the Bible, in your church attendance, in your faithful tithing, in your witnessing, in your prayer life. All those things are great, and they're good, and you should do them all. But if you think those things are what makes you right with God, you're wrong. Those are fruits of repentance. Those are works that come because faith without works is dead. But we cannot be saved by our works. It's simply saying today, Jesus, you are all I need. How many in this place may be watching online, listening on the podcast today, you believe in God, you believe, but you have been trying to reach God and please God and be right with God, good standing with God because of the things you do instead of simply trusting in the mercy and the grace of God. For God so loved the world that so whosoever would live right and not make mistakes, no, whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. That's the gospel. You can't clean a fish till you catch it. Let God catch you today. He's knocking on the door of your heart, Revelation 3 says. All you got to do is open the door, and he'll come in, and he'll change your life. 
How many all over this place today? I'm, I'm asking you to be honest with God, not with me, with God. Maybe you've tried to put religion and works and things and good things and all those things before, and, and you haven't totally surrendered to the fact that Jesus is the only way you're going to go to heaven. How many would see, be honest and say, I need to change my thinking this morning? Just lift your hand and put it back down. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. How many in this place today, if you died, you don't know if you'd stand before God as a judge or a savior because of the same reason, because you don't really understand God. But today, I hope the gospel's been presented to you, how God wants it to be presented. It's simply the love of God, the kindness of God that draws us to him, that leads us to be sorry for our sins, that says, I, I want to have mercy on other people, but i got to understand that mercy has me first. How many today, if you, if you died and you're honest, you don't know if you'd go to heaven, how many would just lift your hand and say, would you pray with me today, Pastor? Just put your hand up and put it right back down. All over this place. I see your hands. God bless you. I see your hand. How many more? I'm going to wait just a moment. Tomorrow's not promised. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. God bless you. I see your hand, sir. God bless you. Thank you, Father. He's drawing you. He's not drawing you to church membership. He's just drawing you to believe the gospel message. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life because God did not come into this world to condemn the world, but through him the world might be saved. People don't need religion. They need relationship. People don't need rules. They need forgiveness. Let's stand all across this place today. I've tried my best. I will always fall short to try to explain mercy to you. Words don't do it. But, but, but the Holy Spirit is the one that works on your heart. I just want you to leave this place understanding God's mercy. Unmerited. Undeserved. Unexplainable not calculable, not able to be done any other way than just receiving it. God, I receive your mercy. I'm going to go to heaven, not because I'm a good person, but because you are a good God. He says, I'm the author and the finisher of your faith. He'll get us there. He'll fill in the gaps. All he's looking for is a pure heart. All he's looking for some, is for someone to say, God, I, I don't have it all together, but I lean on you. And I know what you did on the cross for me. And you can forgive anybody. I believe there's some people here today that you you're, 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 you're live a life of condemnation. You've made mistakes that you would never want anybody to know. But God knows them. And as long as they go unconfessed, you're lost. But if you'll just say, Lord, today I'm going to trust and believe that no matter what I've done, no matter how bad it is, no matter how far I've gone, if I confess my sins, you're faithful and just to forgive me. Today you can become a new creation. Is anybody thankful today that there's nothing that you could do that God can't forgive? But see, the devil wants you to stay right where you're at in that condemnation because he wants you to think that's too much. When you say that, you're saying that God doesn't have the power to forgive you. You can't be worse than Saul. You can't be worse than Saul. He said, I'm, in, in his own words, I'm the chief of sinners. 
Not only did he mock God, he killed Christians. So if we are here today, fall on the mercy of the Lord. All over this place, in the next few seconds, if you're here, and you are not 100% sure that you would stand before God today as a Savior, not a judge, step out of your seat. Find the nearest aisle. Come down here, and let's pray. All over. Just come. Don't look around. Don't see who else is going. Be honest. I'm not sure, God. I don't know. I want to know. I want to be sure. I want to be right. How many more? All over this place. I'm not sure. Today's my day. I want to put my faith in the Lord. Come on, how many more? Be honest. Honest with God. I want to do something else. If you'll just stay listening for a second. This is another big thing. I know we have some people invited here. I don't know who's invited, who's not, who's here for family, who's, I don't know that, but this is something the Lord showed me years ago, and I think it's really important. The Bible says, and the reason that we do this, some people say, why do they have them come forward? Why, do they, why can't I just pray here? Because Jesus said, I can only just quote his words. He said, his own words, if you confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father that's in heaven. If you deny me before men, I will deny you before. I don't know how in any other way to take that. And so I, I do this from time to time when the Holy Spirit prompts me. You may be here and you believe in Jesus. Without a doubt. You totally, 100% believe. But you've never made a public confession. You've never stood and said, listen, I want everybody to know. Listen, if I could get the microphone today at AT AT&T Stadium, my God, I would take 30 seconds to tell the whole world who Jesus is. I don't care. I'm not ashamed. Oh, I would love to have that microphone for 30. I'd pay a million dollars if I had to get the microphone for 30 seconds. Tell people, I believe in Jesus. If you've never made a public confession, just come. Maybe I just feel like the Lord's speak, speaking to someone to do that. You believe. You love Jesus. But today, you just want, you just want to go on record. You know, that's what baptism is, too. Baptism is saying, I believe that when I, went, when I go down in that water, it's a symbol of me coming up a new creation. And the old things are passed away. There ain't nothing holy about that water out there. It's a symbol. Amen? Public confession of your faith. This is all that matters. This is the mercy of of God. Mercy of God. Listen, do you think that if God was here, and he is, and somebody began to come forward today, he'd be like, nope, you can't come. No, 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 go back to your seat. Do you think he would do that to anybody? No. No matter what they've done. We say, blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. You, if, you, if you were coming forward, you wouldn't be blaspheming the Holy Spirit. You, you know when someone says, I, I think I've blasphemed the Holy Spirit, you haven't. Because the fact that you're asking means you haven't. There's nothing. Can somebody shout out nothing? nothing. Can you shout it a little louder? Nothing, nothing Jesus won't forgive. Amen. Nothing. Nothing. All he's looking for is a heart that's broken and says, God, I, if, I'm, if I'm trying to get to you on my own, I'm lost. I'm lost. I'll never be good enough. Never. You know why I'm telling you this this morning? Can I be real with you? I like to be real. I live every day of my life as sold out as I can to Jesus. 
I breathe and live who he is. And I still feel condemned sometimes. I still feel like I'm not worthy. You think that's God? That's not God. That's the devil. Trying to tell me, you're not worthy, you're not good enough. I'm not. I come to the, I'm not, you're right. Devil, you're right, I'm not. But God is good. And God is faithful. No matter how good you are, don't matter. Your salvation is not because of who you are or what you do. It's because of what Jesus did. <laughs> Period. Amen? And I want all y'all to have peace because I'm speaking to some people today that are like me. To try your hardest to be the most godly person you can be. And you still feel unworthy. I want you to know that as your pastor. I still feel that sometimes. So I can imagine how you would feel. That's not God. He wants us to be at rest. He wants us to be at peace. He wants us to know that it's not anything we do. It's everything he does for us. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen? And we just lean on him. And, and we get that attitude of thanksgiving. God, thank you for saving me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you. I'm not worthy, but I love you so much. And I'm going to prove it to you by telling other people about you. I'm going to prove it to you by living a holy life. I'm going to prove it to you by saying no to things that I maybe could get away with if I wanted to. But I don't want to do those things because I love you so much. I want to show you how much I love you by living a holy, righteous life, the best of my ability, so that you can look at me and say, I'm pleased with you. Enter in, good and faithful servant. Amen? How many want to hear those words? Amen? Praise God. I know he's still speaking to some people. Amen. We're going to take communion in just a minute, but let's say this prayer. Lord Jesus, we're being real. We're standing before you in honesty. We understand your word. No one's good enough. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And the wages of our sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. Salvation is a gift. Forgiveness is a gift. We accept it. We receive it as what it is. Please forgive me for all of my sins because I believe you died on the cross for my sins and you rose from the dead to defeat death so I can have eternal life in heaven with you forever. Thank you, Jesus, for your mercy and your grace. Please write my name in the Lamb's book of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.